Doug Green, DJ Jarvis are here. The two creators, or two of them anyway, for, for fantasy's sake. amazing introduction by Paula Sands. Uh, you know, while I don't have Mr. Doug Green here with me to kick off the For Fantasy Sake 2022 season, I am joined by Mr. Brian Craighead. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing good, DJ. I'm excited. Last year, of course, I was on for the DFS segment for 15 minutes and sometimes got asked back for an additional 15 minutes. So I'm excited to be part of, part of the main crew here. So yeah, we're, I'm we're thrilled good. this Sunday. We're glad to have you. And uh, over there, far on my uh, right, is Mr. Chris Steele. DJ Jarvis, let's ride. <laughs> you know that's that that you know I'm happy to have both of you guys here. I think this is going to be a really fun season. I think that uh, you know week one we've got our got our hands full, and uh, I think that this is just going to be an enjoyable 17 weeks where we're going to get to talk about football, um, see a few different faces from week to week here. Uh, on for fantasy sake, be able to uh, answer your questions and and just have a good old time. I think I think we would be you know kind of remiss to to kick off week one without kind of looking back at at what we saw on on Thursday night, not just fantasy wise, uh, but just seeing you know the Bills kind of totally dominate the defending Super Bowl champions. Well, I think well, there's an APB out for Cam Akers. Somebody's got to try and find this dude because uh, he disappeared from that game. And a lot of people's draft strategies revolved around getting a player like him that could be a breakout potential player. And to see him go missing, especially to that degree, was very alarming. I think it breaks down to what a lot of people pointed out on social media is him trying to block was a debacle. And that's something you just can't anticipate when you're in a fantasy draft. You have no idea what these guys look like if they're a blocker, if they're a new incoming player. I think we worry about that a lot with rookie players, but because Cam doesn't have that tag of a rookie player, we didn't even think about that. He's been sitting there probably just learning the offense this entire time, but has he been learning the offense this entire time? Or is he a Jalen Hurts type of guy who's uh, going missing during Call of Duty double XP weeks? Well, that's the other thing also. He's, Cam's in his, what, third year? But how many real games has he, has he actually played? He's, you know, he missed all of last season. Didn't get a chance to play a ton his first season. So I wonder how many true game reps he is. And like you said, outside of that, practice time's important. But you can't really 
you really can't acclimate till you're actually more into the game speed. So I don't know. I mean, for me, I think, well, I'll be interested to see where they go from here, but he definitely missed, definitely sat down after that block. I think. Not only are we all, you know, searching around looking for, for Cam Akers, but, uh, you know, Chris's former Chicago bear, Allen Robinson, kind of, uh, I think one catch on, on 12, 12 yards on one catch and, and not a whole lot of, a lot of looks. Yeah. He's on, he's on the back of a milk carton right now for sure. But the whole offense just looked out of sync and the bills looked like they were, they were at mid midway point of the season already. So I, I don't know. I mean, the bills, Definitely deserve to be the, the uh, Super Bowl favorite at this point in time, but I think the Rams will be okay in due time. But yeah, you're right. Allen Robinson seems to have brought Matt Nagy's route tree with him to Los Angeles. It's just something I don't think anybody really anticipated there. It was a lot of just small curls around three yards. I I saw something also on social media. I don't know how true this is, but I want to look into it a little bit more but that he was kind of on the outs. He wanted to like get his way into the system and, and be a part of it, but kind of Cooper cup and, you know, Matt Stafford kind of kept him on the outside looking in. They would throw like eggs at him and call him egg boy and things like that. It, it just doesn't make any sense because he is a talented guy and their success kind of hinges on him being successful because they don't have OBJ anymore. He's that replacement. If he's the replacement, who's the replacement to the replacement at this point? And the other thing that can't be overlooked is besides Robinson and cup, you know, unfortunately Van Jefferson was out the other, out the other night and it looks like he's going to miss a few games too. So they're actually, their route tree is really not that deep to be honest with you. Higby gives them something, but they lost Everett as well, which I think is kind of an interesting thing. Well, actually Everett had already left, but any, Anyhow, their route tree is not very not very big. So, yeah, and, and Jefferson, we, I think we've all kind of had him on the radar as a sleeper type of guy for the last few years. It just never really seems to happen, and I, I'm I've kind of moved past that to this point and started looking at other potential like breakouts. Their tight end could be somebody who who ends up getting more touches than we originally anticipated because even in game one he got some touches. And it was kind of like they forgot about him almost all last year. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely. Uh, I think we, most places that, that we came into this year where we were looking at Josh Allen as, as the number one quarterback. And uh, even with two interceptions, uh, mostly not his fault, uh, he still put up in, in six point TD leagues. He still put up 40 points. And, and is that something you guys expect to see out of him? you know, most of this year? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that Josh is one of those players that is always going to be, especially in DFS, he's going to be one of those top-ranked players, and deservedly so, because he's going to get a lot of yards with his legs in addition to what he's going to get with his arm. And I think we saw that last night, especially with a top-tier player like Diggs. Diggs is going to have another fantastic season just from what we saw there and what the bad things he did to Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey had a perfect quarterback rating against him. That's something you don't see very often, especially for a player of that caliber. So Diggs is off to a fantastic start. If that relationship just continues to blossom the way it will, I I see no reason why he won't be one of the top rated quarterbacks at the end of the year and probably an MVP candidate. 
let's not when we're talking about his, his targets let's not forget to talk about uh, Gabriel Davis pretty sure uh, when he caught that touchdown to start the game that was his fifth straight catch that resulted in a touchdown going back to that that divisional game against the Chiefs yeah and Isaiah McKenzie too was a bit of a, a player that you kind of thought might take a step in the right direction this year but then his first pass that was thrown his way he hands it essentially to somebody for an interception so to see him kind of get back into the game and finish with a touchdown there too that was big and Gabriel Davis I think because it was so public it was something a lot of people really thought about and and thought he was going to be a breakout player this year what are you guys' take on that? Because I'm still on the fence about it. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's an elite player. Well, one thing about Davis, and really the rest of the receivers besides Diggs, you got to be curious how, how the targets are going to develop throughout the year because Davis didn't have – I think he had five targets or something like that, very limited. So, I mean, how many how many weeks – I mean, he scores his touchdown a lot, but at the same time, that's that's awfully tough to maintain. So he's going to get more targets if he's going to maintain like a wide, low end wide receiver two kind of success. I think. I I'm one of those people. It's hard for 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 me to be objective about Gabe Davis. I really like him. Uh, Brian and I are in a little bit of a, a different kind of fantasy league together, um, and I know I didn't have much competition for it, but I was really happy. I. Uh, we could only draft players who went to certain college conference conferences. Um, and I know Brian got the sec. I ended up with independent independence and, you know, so like Notre Dame guys who went to FCS schools. And so I was really happy um, that I ended up with, with Gabe Davis on that team. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, the sec is, is great and all, but the one thing they're missing is top, top tier quarterbacks. I mean, They've got aging quarterbacks that are okay, like your Staffords of the world. But being honest, the younger guys, Tua still needs to take a step forward, as does Mac Jones. So that's one thing that the SEC was is lacking, is, and it has been for decades, is good good quarterbacks. So independent was actually a pretty good way to go. Yeah. I mean, and that actually got dropped on you. You were, you were at the last <laughs> two picks, I think. So theoretically dropped, but at the same time, it worked out better. Absolutely. So shifting focus a little bit to, to what we're looking at uh, for the for the season long. We had a, a couple quarterback competitions uh, heading into the to the season that uh, were eventually won by uh, Mitch Trubisky and, and Geno Smith. Are, are either of these guys viable fantasy options? Are they going to be just very uh, are they going to be guys who are just, you know, guys who are going to help their team win games? Uh, honestly, I don't think the Seahawks are going to win games regardless if it's Locke or Geno Smith. I mean, they're going to be, out of 17 games, uh, I'm seeing 6-11, and 11, maybe 7-10. and 10. The Steelers haven't had a losing season. Of course, I'm, I'm sporting a Steelers jersey, so keep in mind there is homerism here. But uh, Steelers haven't had a losing season in 20 years. So I, Big Ben's arm was shot. Unfortunately, you know, I'm always going to be a big, fan, big Ben fan, but his arm was shot for the last two or three years. Pittsburgh will be 500 or better. I think Pittsburgh is definitely the place. Either Gino, we've got enough tape on Gino to see that that isn't really a thing. It's not going to happen. Stop trying to make fetch happen, DJ. But <laughs> at the same time, 
Mitch is kind of still that unknown. And I think we all kind of fall into this trap because Mitch, as a Bears fan, I've watched a lot of Mitch. Mitch is great in the preseason. Mitch is great in practice. Mitch is terrible when he has to follow a game plan and he has to do things because he's a parking lot player where when it's just out there at a street ball, he doesn't have to think. He's fantastic. He has great instincts. When he has to think, he overthinks, and then he goes back to his blankie. So what we could be looking at here potentially is somebody on the Steelers is going to be his Allen Robinson, and I think that should be the real target for people. Mitch can be a good quarterback for fantasy teams, but there's going to be an elite wide receiver that breaks out because Mitch is going to trust them, and Mitch is going to force the ball to them similar to the way we saw with Allen Robinson in Chicago. Yeah, and it, it'll be interesting to see who it is. Because one thing, I mean, not a knock against the Bears at all, but being honest, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's skill players are really fairly top-notch. I mean, they got three good wide receivers and Najee Harris and and Pat Farmer. So, I mean, they've got a pretty, pretty good skill set there. So, Mitch kind of puts himself in a position to be successful. I think Deontay Johnson has a huge year just because of Mitch. Um, Chase Claypool, I I like his skill set a lot, but I think Mitch has that in his head where uh, to throw it to a big-bodied receiver, you kind of have to throw it into danger a little bit. And that's why I think Deontay is going to be the, the player that really breaks out because Chase can't run away from the traffic. Mitch only throws to what he sees is open. If he has to throw it and anticipate the throw, I think that's going to be less of a reason that he's going to throw it to Chase Claypool, and he's going to throw it more towards Deontay. Are we? Well, are we... Even last year, we saw Deontay have what 130 plus targets. So Deontay Johnson is just—I mean, as much as I hate to say it—he's just the man. Yeah. Period. Are, I don't care we... if it's Pickett. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Mitch. Deontay Johnson is just that. Yeah. Are we trusting? either quarterback and anything more than a bi-week filler and two quarterback leagues? They're low-end super flex. I mean, you, that's one thing I'm noticing. Last year was my first year to do Dynasty, and I'm in a 14-teamer, and I realized how hard that you've really got to draft. I realized the hard way how hard it is to have two quarterbacks. So both – definitely Trubisky can give you a solid floor. I, I think the jury's still out on Geno, but he's okay. One thing that I've kind of been wondering about, and we may be getting to this later, DJ, but as long as we're talking about quarterbacks that we don't really know too much about, there's a wide receiver that's going to be drafted really high this year that I feel like we don't know anything about in Michael Thomas. Where do you guys kind of stand on Michael Thomas? Because I feel like that's one that I really want off my board completely. Uh, as much as I hate to say it with his career career path, prior to the last two years, I think the jury's still out. I mean, we'll see. I like Jameis Winston just just because he has other weapons there. I mean, if you think about it, Jameis came into a pretty good situation. If he can actually throw to the right, you know, the right color jersey, he'll be okay. But I'm not sure who that number one receiver is. A lot of he's been pretty impressive in camp. So, yeah. like you said, Thomas is kind of still up in the air to me. And you know you've got to pencil Jarvis Landry for a hundred catches for hundred yards. So, 
All right, boys, let's go to commercial. On the uh, after commercial, we're gonna play a couple uh, nice little uh, fantasy football games. Okay, we got we got three commercials, and then we'll be we'll be right back with you guys. Perfect. This episode is brought to you by Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill in Moline and Davenport. Chase away your Sunday scaries at Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill this season. Located in the Belgium neighborhood of 7th Street in Moline, Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill is home to some of the Quad City's best food and drink specials. On Sunday, there's no better place to be. Clint's is serving up 75-cent wings and $4 Bloody Marys all day. And is your favorite team playing in those out-of-market games? Well, you'll never miss a second of the action on one of their 10 screens with NFL Sunday Ticket. And after you've had your wing and bloody fix, finish off your football watching experience with one of their famous Quad City style pot pizzas. And folks, they know pizza. They've been spinning QC style pies for the last 22 years. So make Clint's part of your Sunday football routine. Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill, 7th Street in Moline. And also, Clint's is now serving up their famous pizza and fried chicken on the Iowa side of the river as well. Clint's Pizza House and Chicken opens up daily at 4 p.m. so everyone in the Quad Cities can enjoy their QC-style pizza and Henny Penny fried chicken. That's Clint Pizza House and Chicken, 7th Street Moline, and 1601 West 3rd Street in Davenport. This This episode is brought to you by The Corner Tap. Who doesn't need a solid handcuff on their fantasy squad? Grab a bite to eat at Clint's Draft House while watching the noon games and then head on over across the Moline-Rock Island border to the corner tap for some libations during the 3 o'clock games. Every Sunday is fun day at the corner tap with $3 Tall Boys, Bloody Marys, Jack Daniels, and $2 PBR drafts. Head into the corner tap, 4018 14th Avenue, Rock Island, and get into the end zone. For fantasy's sake, has teamed up with Route 96 Boutique to raise a little more cash for Toys for Tots this season. From September 11th until the end of November, 10% off of all purchases made with Route 96 on Sundays will be donated to us for our Toys for Tots drive. At Route 96, they believe in girl power. They want a place that people of all shapes and sizes can shop and feel empowered and beautiful. They want you to be the best you possible, and they are committed to bringing you different styles while also providing some basics to express the true you. You can find them on Facebook and at Route96Boutique.com. Again, that's Route96Boutique.com. I've been on mute the whole time. I want to give a special shout out to Mr. Joe Winkle. He's the host of the Educated Podcast. You can find him, uh, I think, I don't know what it, what it's called if you're on three times a week. Tri-weekly, you can find him three times a week on the For Frequency Sake Podcast Network, uh, bringing you all the information from season and the rest of the sports world. All right, Mr. Chris Steele, oh, there he is. No, so, Joe with those clean reads. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I know that 
the three of us have uh, have been, you know, quote unquote, shacked up since the turn of the century. So none of us have ever used Tinder, but we're going to play fantasy football Tinder. And allegedly what you do on Tinder, if you like something, you swipe right. If you hate it, you swipe left. So we're going to do that on a few different subjects here. Um, talk a little fantasy football year long uh, fantasy football since we're still sitting in week one trying to figure out what we're doing here. Um, and, and we're going to see what we can do to kind of have some fun here. So the first thing, if I was, if I was more prepared, I'd have graphics and we could like push buttons and stuff like that. Um, but I'm not that smart, so I can't do that. Uh, so the first thing popping up on our Tinder screen, our nice little cell phones with our Tinder screen is Jonathan Taylor. Will he repeat as fantasy football's RB1? So what's the good one again, DJ? Tell me that. Swiping right, I, I believe. I'd swipe right on that. Jonathan Taylor, I was really high on last year. I sent you that article before the season started where we kind of just outlined what we thought were good. I would say my biggest win on that was saying that it doesn't matter. Oh, we lost Chris. What? It doesn't matter what? It doesn't matter... If Quentin Nelson is hurt, Jonathan Taylor is too much to to keep down. So that was my biggest win of last year is just being all on board with Jonathan Taylor. I'm not going away from that. I'm going to keep with him. I'm going to swipe right on that. I'm I'm kind of in the same position in regards to not understanding the game, swiping right and swiping left. We've all been married for a while, I think. Swipe left is bad. Right is right. Okay, yeah. got it. Nope. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll stick with Taylor's um, swiping right as well. I think on a per-game basis, I could see McCaffrey being it, but that's not the question. Uh, and I, I had the same situation when I had the 1.01 in my home draft. I took Taylor then. I'll take Taylor now. I I am going to be different here. I'm going to swipe left because I think CMC stays healthy and he's the top top back this year. The next one, Ezekiel Elliott as a top 24 running back. I'll go, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and take this one. I think by volume alone, he has to stay in the top 24. Dallas has good enough offense that he'll get the opportunity. I'll be interested to see where, where the final carry outcome and touch outcome comes between him and Pollard. But top 24 running backs, when you look at the 24 running backs that not that great. So I think he'll still stay in that. This is the last year of his contract, right, DJ? I believe so, yeah. If it's the last year of his contract, they're going to run him until he dies. So he's going to be <laughs> in the top 24. We saw that happen with DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray was in the final year of his contract. They ran him into the ground, and I think DeMarco Murray was out of the league in a couple of years. So I expect Zeke to see a heavy workload this year. Um, I, Tony Pollard is there to steal touches, but I I think they don't care this year. They're just going to run Zeke until he can't run no more. So I'm swiping right. All right. I'm going to swipe right as well. I, I'm big fan of, uh, of, of Zeke here. Uh, the next one we have here is Trey Lance as a top 12 quarterback. It's, it's a tough one. I think um, I'm going to swipe left on this one. I, I 
there's just so many unknowns. I, I believe in his talent. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback eventually. I just don't know if it's going to happen right now. I, I worry about that. And I think a lot of people are taking him very high in terms of quarterbacks in fantasy this year. I would be looking at Justin Fields just as closely because I think they have similar traits and similar values, but the actual like value of draftability for Justin Fields is so much lower. People don't see him in the same caliber as Trey Lance because Lance comes with that offense that is going to be very good. It's going to be very high, but there's going to be struggles there with Lance. I think he's going to hurt you as much as he helps you. And there's going to be more value in field because Fields is going to come at a lower price. I hate to always sound like I'm agreeing with everything, but I'm swiping left too. Um, George, we're going to talk about this here in a little bit, I'm sure. But one of his better better possessions, uh, Ke- George Kittle looks like he'll miss week one, I think. Um, then in, in addition to that, in terms of his rushing touchdowns, Debo Samuel certainly, I know he's going to rush less, but I mean, how, how much do you have to rush to get a, a, a two-yard touchdown run? So that may cap as well. So that means that he's going to be fairly reliant on his passing game as well. I'm not sure that's developed enough just yet to make him a, a QB, a top QB, tw- QB one, top 12 kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Again, I'm going to be different. I'm quite right on Trey Lance. I think that, uh, I also would expect him not to have a very good week this week. I think that the Bears' defense is very good. Uh, but I think that's also prime position to uh, hope somebody's going to cut bait on him and you can get him fairly cheap. I think that he's going to roll the Bears. And we're going to get a lot of bad understandings about what what he can do based off of this game. When that defense is not good. They're going to be good next year. They're not good this year. Speaking of the Bears, the next one on our list, Cole Komet as a viable fantasy tight end option. I think the biggest question is, can he catch? And I don't, how many years of Cole Komet have we had now where we we still don't know if he can catch? We've had two years to try to figure out if he's any good or not. And it's a new system. Um, the, The Matt Nagy system is prioritizing towards trying to get the tight end the ball right because it's it's based off the kansas city system and travis kelsey if cole Komet was matt Nagy's travis kelsey that's a disaster so i think the anticipation of cole Komet having a breakout year is very misguided because he was supposed to be a focal point of the offense he's never been that my biggest question about the question itself is what is viable um to me he's not he's not a top seven top eight option um but if you, if the question is is he a tight end one like low end tight end one i'll swipe right i think i'll get enough volume to be a top 12 but be to define it definitely i don't think he's a top eight but just by volume alone he can be somebody you can maybe pop in weekly but that's you know that's you know and you don't expect a lot necessarily DJ, you're going to have to do some Tinder research for us. Is there like a a like prospect list on Tinder where you could keep like ones that you you don't swipe either way on, but you keep them in like a rotation to like? I think you would just have to close the app. I'm not quite sure. I do know there's an option to like 
uh, super like something, and I know we wouldn't do that with any of this stuff except for maybe Jonathan Taylor's RV. Jonathan Taylor's so, super like, super like. Yeah, you're gonna super like Jonathan Taylor. I think you have to like you get one of those for free, and then you have to pay for them after that. I'm not quite sure, but this is just that. I got some single friends who've kind of explained the the ins and outs. I kind of had to do do some questions just to put this segment together, but uh, yeah. The next thing we have on our list is. Ryan Tannehill as the season long starter for the Titans. I want to say yes. I think the Titans in that division will remain competitive long enough for him to be the starter. Um, if they if they somehow fall out of the playoff race, which I don't expect, I, I definitely think he could sit the last couple of games just to see what the Titans have. I mean, I'm I'm a big Malik Willis homer, so. I hope that Tannehill doesn't start the whole season, but I think as long as you remain competitive, you have to start him. I love Tannehill, and I love Malik Willis. So this is a hard one for me. I think Tannehill finishes the whole season out because he's been so good. I mean, there's nothing really flashy about what he does, but you look at every season since Tannehill has gone there, and he's finishing among the best quarterbacks in fantasy. He's a sneaky play like every year where he's just solid. He doesn't win you the week, but he will never lose you the week. And I think because of that, we don't give him enough credit. I think he's a really solid play. Um, Does he finish out the season? Yeah, I would say he does. So swipe right on that. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm a big, uh, like Brian, I'm a big Malik Willis guy. Um, I'm going to go ahead and swipe right on that. I think that we've seen a lot of, um, across the NFL, uh, even even if they're buying into the rookie quarterback, they like them setting the year behind a, a veteran and kind of learning the learning about the NFL and stuff like that. The next one, the preseason darling, you know, of the fantasy world, will Damian Pierce finish as a top fifteen fantasy running back? I'm actually swiping left on this one. It's tough to swipe left because volume alone, he's going to get his touches. But that being said, how many touchdowns are the Houston Texans really going to score this year? And you've got to almost score touchdowns to actually be a top 15. So I'm going to swipe left. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm I'm with Brian on this one because it's just that whole offense is just yucky. I mean, Cook's is somebody who I see is still being fantasy viable because that team's going to be behind so much. They're going to have to pass. He's the most likely target. Uh, running the ball seems like it could be very fickle for them because you have to be in a position to actually run the ball to, to get him the touches he needs. What's he going to be like catching passes out of the backfield? That's still a little bit of a question mark. I think you guys swipe left and, and wait and see. We'll put him in that that category that we don't know if it exists or not. Where we'll, he's on we'll a prospect figure, list. We'll figure out what Tinder Purgatory is and how to find Tinder Purgatory. We do have a, a comment here. Maybe it's telling us, oh, no, it's just your mother-in-law not telling us what uh, Tinder Purgatory is. So if anybody out there knows okay. how to put somebody in Tinder Purgatory, please let us know. Um, you know, I won't be here next week, but maybe the week after when we play – uh, fantasy Tinder again will know uh, what Tinder Purgatory is. But I'm sorry to interrupt. If y'all don't mind me, um, 
giving a little DFS preview. Last year, I used Brandon Cooks pretty much weekly. um, We've actually got his value up now to like 6,300. So I'm kind of a Nico Collins weekly kind of guy now, just to let everybody know. Gotcha. Oh, DJ Manifrosi. I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be aggressively different than you guys, and I'm going to use my super like on Damian Pierce as a top 15 running back. DJ's so. going on ledge. DJ's banking on the fact that nobody remembers if you're wrong, but people remember if you're right. That's the thing. He's, uh, he's you know totally- what? Chris, I will snip this from the show um, okay. on TikTok. It'll be on our TikTok. I'll, uh, All right, cool, cool. But yeah. last year, my biggest win probably was the Jonathan Taylor thing. But I also said that DJ Chark was going to be an amazing breakout. And that didn't quite work out. <laughs> and I'm still on that train this year. I find myself being all like, oh, it's perfect. He's got the opportunity. It's going to happen again. And he's going to be hurt like within a moment, I'm pretty sure. The my only God. people really remember is super likes. <laughs> oh, that Damian Pierce is a super like. So everybody's going to remember that for sure. My uh, my quarterbacks last year were Baker Mayfield and Zach Wilson. So uh, on to the next thing. Uh, Chris really wanted this one, and we'll talk about this one uh, a little bit before we go to commercial. The Lions to finish with at least seven wins. I'm gonna I'm gonna swipe right. I I love Dan Campbell. He is a crazy person. But here's the real thing that nobody cares about. That coaching staff around him is amazing. That offensive line is so good now. And I think that's why everybody's on board with Swift. Um, you know swipe, said, le- swipe right's the good one, right, Chris? Yeah, I said swipe right. Didn't I say that? <laughs> you did. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so over seven wins, I'm down with that. I think they can do that. I think Amon-Ra is another one who's going to have a good breakout year. They have so many weapons. They just don't have the quarterback. If they had the quarterback, I think they would be probably everybody's dark horse to do something special this year. Chris is going to cry when they get they sweep the Bears. Oh, that hasn't happened in so long. It's going to make me sad. This is such a tough question. I mean, to be honest with you, I see him right at seven wins, so I guess I have to go swipe right. But a couple of wins I think they'll definitely get is the Bears. and But the problem is they also have the Packers and, and also Vikings, which I think both teams will be pretty good. So I don't see better than 7 to 10, but they're going to be much improved. So I'll swipe right because, you know, it's right on the mark. I, I really I really wanted to swipe left here. I really did. And then I start thinking if they win two games against the Bears, they also have the they also play the Jets this year. They're also going to play the Commanders. They're going to play the Falcons. And that right there is probably five wins. And any team can find two random wins in, in, in the span of 12 games. Well, let's play this game real quick then. Because we're playing your game. Let's play this game. Okay, do you have a schedule out? Who's a better quarterback? Jared Goff or Carson Wentz? So... I think I think in the NFL, sometimes when you're picking games, you can overcomplicate things. It comes down to sometimes who has the better quarterback. Do you I don't Jared Goff or do you like Carson Wentz better? I I don't think 
that Jared Goff's as bad as everybody thinks he is. Okay. That's God a take. It. But it's it's still Carson Wentz, but <laughs> but okay, but regardless, even if we're saying that the commanders is a toss-up, that's still three wins amongst 13 games. Because yeah. you've got to figure that they're gonna beat the Jets. We're we're saying that they're gonna beat the Bears twice. That's three wins. They gotta find four more wins in the, the last 13 games. But that's four in 13. Like most NFL teams can get up to around 500, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we're saying that we're saying that the Lions have a chance to do this and then screw everything up and not get a good quarterback in the draft next year. <laughs> and that sounds very lovely. Jameson Williams is going to play the back half of the season, right? Yep. And I think that'll drastically improve the overall team, just just having a downfield threat. So I think okay. they'll get to seven, if not more. Dan Campbell's the man, period. So all right, we went six minutes too long on the Tinder segment. Nobody's ever said that before. We've never gone six too long on anything on Tinder, okay? So let's go to commercial. We better put the explicit tag on there, Doug. Uh, DJ messed up. All right, commercial time. Today's episode is brought to you by Kavanaugh's Hilltop Bar in Rock Island. It's the place to be every Sunday this football season. Barbecue Chris will be in the house every week smoking the place up with his amazing menu or mouth-watering barbecues. Cavies will have every game on inside and outside their numerous TV screens. Plus, you can play their adult video games, and they have the loosest slots around. Check out Kavanaugh's Hilltop Bar, 1228 30th Street in Rock Island. For fantasy's sake, has teamed up with Route 96 Boutique to raise a little more cash for Toys for Tots this season. From September 11th until the end of November, 10% off of all purchases made with Route 96 on Sundays will be donated to us for our Toys for Tots drive. At Route 96, they believe in girl power. They want a place that people of all shapes and sizes can shop and feel empowered and beautiful. They want you to be the best you possible, and they are committed to bringing you different styles while also providing some basics to express the true you. You can find them on Facebook and at Route96Boutique.com. Again, that's Route96Boutique.com. In addition to bringing fire on the mic, the team at 4 Frequency Sake is still bringing it online as well. Check out 4FantasySakeQC.com this season for college DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each and every week of this football season. Again, that is 4FantasySakeQC.com for college DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each week during the football season. I've really got to figure out how to un- unmute myself uh, before I start talking. Yeah, work on that, Dr. Radio. Come on, let's go here. All right, so we're going to play a little bit of a match game. Um, I've got an envelope here, so this is going to be my match game. Um, the points don't really matter, so it's like whose line is it anyway, but you get a point for, for if you match another host. And most of these are going to be like an either or question, but the last one, that last one's the grand, the grand finale. So season long wise, you have to own 
And we're going to throw another, another duo in here. You have to own both receivers here or both pass catchers. We're going to do Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, or, or Travis Kelsey and whoever the top receiving option is in Kansas City. Hmm. So Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton or Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. And you said there's a third one in there. Did you, did I, did I break up? No, I'm, I'm just trying to be clear. So I know who I'm choosing here. It was a joke. I said, Travis Kelsey in the top receiver in Kansas city. I, we can make that a thing. You want that to be a thing? I don't want that to be a thing. All right. So it's Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton or Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Yep. I think you got to go with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle uh, for me because um, that's. I'm sorry. Did you want us to be a big reveal? Is that yeah, how you're supposed you... to write it down and put it on your little sheet? Chris. All right, I'll do that. I'll write it down while I also articulate. But I don't think writing things down is a very good medium for our our visual medium or our 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 hurt <laughs> medium here, DJ. Just just go with your reasoning. I'm all sure right. Brian, Brian's going to agree here as well. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page because Tyreek Hill is an elite receiver. Waddle had a great first year, and I think Waddle's going to be another player who just continues to elevate at this point. It's hard to get away from those ones because there's so much talent there. So I think a lot of it hangs on what you believe in Tua. I think Tua got a really rough ride last year. I think he's going to start to be a lot better this season. I'll, I'll just agree to get a point. That sounds that sounds like a great game to me. So <laughs> I'm I'm going to agree with Chris basically. I mean, uh there's only one football to go around, but I know that I mean, I at least feel I don't know anything. I don't have any connections inside the organization. Oh, no, no. Uh, Tua was really banged up, especially, you know, like bottom half-wise knee injury um, going into last year. Elbow was a little banged up, and um, so he was underthrowing a lot of receivers. I think that he's fully healthy, and um, I know he threw some ducks that were widely highlighted on social media um, this offseason. But uh, DJ. That's huh? why. That's uh, why. Come on. So from days. The, ne- the next one, which quarterback? Speaking of Tua, which second-year quarterback would you rather ride with? Broncos Nation, let's ride. Tua, Justin Fields, or Trevor Lawrence? I'm actually going Trevor Lawrence here, even though it seems odd. Uh, last year, the whole offense was just totally, totally torn to pieces by their head coach, and. I think Trevor Lawrence is one that grows the most. You look back at, at Peyton Manning in his first year, he definitely struggled. I went with Lawrence. I, I got to figure out which direction the thing goes here. Lawrence for sure, because I, that, there's too much talent there. Even last year when he was coached by a moron, he flashed in a couple of games where you're like, this thing can be for real. I, I think there's more confidence this year. The running game is going to be more supportive. It was good last year, but it's even better now that he's got ETN back. There's there's reasons to believe in this team now that they've got a real coach and a quarterback who now has seen it. He's he's adapted and he's going to be more able to handle things. He's a guy who doesn't lose 
And because of that mentality, I think he's going to to find a way to be a breakout again this year or break out for the first time this year. I'm I'm going to go with two. I'm going to I'm going to ride two of this year. I like it. There's there's reasons to like him, too, because I like you said, he doesn't get enough credit for playing through injury last year. It was just he's not doing all the amazing things we anticipated him doing probably shouldn't have been out there to be honest and he found a way to get on the field and he he did okay that team was in the mix with him at quarterback so if he can be healthy this year now we get a real test to figure out if he's for real in the uh the toys for tots drafts uh that we did uh, in my two divisions, I found myself playing quarterback chicken. And in one league, I ended up with two and the other one, I ended up with Justin Fields. So I lost quarterback chicken this year. <laughs> the next one we have is who's going to be the Chargers top wide receiver target. Is it going to be Mike Williams or is it going to be Keenan Allen? I'm actually, so here's my answer. So in PPR, I'm still going Keenan Allen. But I think in terms of the big play, Mike Mike Williams will beat that. So if you're in the standard league, Mike Williams, if you're in PPR, still stick with Keenan Allen. Hey, that sitting on the fence is my shtick, Brian. You can't steal that. <laughs> so I'm going PPR, Keenan Allen, period. Let's gimmick infringement. <laughs> so I I think Mike Williams is a fantastic player and he has real ability. Um, I think Keenan Allen is too much of a proven commodity at this point. I went with Allen. I think he really still has everything that that we look for in a top tier wide receiver. Mike Williams was fantastic for like three weeks last year, and then he he disappeared for a while there. So overall numbers really show that he's a fantastic player. A lot of that was winning you those first few weeks. But after that, it was hard to to know what you were going to get out of him. Keenan Allen's so reliable that it, it's hard to go away from him. So can I, I'm going to play the stupid question of the day. What makes people think Mike Williams is 27, 28 years old? Yeah. What makes people think that if there's a huge switch that's going to turn on, that he's going to be consistent for even 10 games this year? I, I'm not sure. I loved Mike Williams last year when he kept me in the playoff race <laughs> and hated him when he dropped me out. So Yeah. Yeah. You live and you die by the sword sometimes, and he is definitely the sword. We do have another country herd forum in the comments. Uh, Josh Josh Palmer um, was thrown out there. I think Keenan Allen's going to be um, not only not only the top Chargers receivers. I, I think he's got a chance um, as as usual to to be in that low end wide receiver one conversation uh, when we get to the end of the year. And the last one, I, I cut one out, uh, moved it to somewhere else. Uh, so we can get to commercial, but uh, who is going to be the top handcuff slash top backup running back this season? Well, I think this is a cheat code, but if I'm going to, if I'm going to be allowed to use it, I'm going to just say AJ Dillon. I was going to say AJ Dillon, but I'll disagree and say Tony Pollard. <laughs> Tony Pollard, I, I think is a good one. Um, you never know. It could be, man. It's going to be Jeff Wilson Jr. I uh, Kenyon Drake. I, I, think, I think Kenyon Drake is going to be a good one because J.K. Dobbins, a, a lot of people are thinking he's going to come back and he's going to be amazing again. 
Drake has kind of stolen jobs from guys all over the place. So Kenyon Drake might be a, a sneaky little play if you're looking for somebody who's a handcuff. Dobbins has already uh, been ruled out for today too. So um, also also being ruled out, Chris, I hope you're not too stoked um, uh, to watch a really good Bears game because it's pouring in Chicago. So we know what the state of that field is going to be. So the field is inactive today in Chicago. Yeah, the field has been on the IR for probably 10 years now. So it's fantastic. Maybe this is a day where you just dump a bunch of uh, fantasy points into David Montgomery and, and hope for a good one. Or just right, take so we're gonna, defense. What's that? Or just take the 49ers defense and let it go. Right. Yeah, yeah the Are Bears we- can't block anybody. Bosa's going to eat. We're gonna head to commercial when we get back on the backside. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little DFS, earn some people uh, some money here today. With baseball playoffs right around the corner, over a month away, and the NFL and college football seasons right on our tail, it's the perfect time of year to get your daily fantasy sports life in order. For fre- frequency sake, has you covered. Every single week, tune in to For Frequency Sakes DFS Deep Dive on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch every Friday evening and uploaded every Saturday morning on your favorite podcast platform where Brian and the boys will be giving you the best daily fantasy sports advice for each and every week to help you fatten your wallet this season. Again, on every Friday night live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. And, of course, upload it on your favorite podcast platform on Saturday mornings. DFS advice. DFS deep dive here on the For Frequency Sake Podcast Network. All right. Great great commercial for Joe to play that right there heading into our DFS segment. Uh, so, Brian, obviously, this is the same question every, every, every week for me. Who are we stacking today? My top stack, Jalen Hurts and Brown. That's my there, stack of the week. Um, what, what's the salary difference uh, and, and, and kind of the, the motivation behind Brown over Smith? I'm just, I'm, I'm just more of a Brown homer. I think that he's going to have more opportunity for the big play. Brown's the higher, higher salary, but uh, – I, I, I still like A.J. Brown just, just more because I think he gives, gives – even in Tennessee, he gave the opportunity for the bigger play. So, it's just me. I'm just I'm just an A.J. Brown homer. He's a top-10 type receiver, whereas Devontae's more 20s, 30s kind of guy, wide receiver two, three. So, I just think it's A.J. Brown. So, Are you uh, bringing it back in any any sort of, of way here? If you bring it back, you've, you've got to bring it back with DeAndre Swift. The salary for Swift is actually pretty decent this week. Yeah, that's where I think they'll have the opportunity to, to do their best work is through the ground game. So, but I'm okay to be honest with you. The lineup I've got, um, some of the lineups I've got, I don't have them bring it back. But Swift's your best option if you do want to bring it back. I liked Swift a lot. I thought that was a great price tag, like you called out, Brian. I also like Baker Mayfield in a revenge game to see him down around like 5,300. I thought that was a great get because you free up so much money for other positions. Antonio Gibson was another one that caught my eye because that's a, a player that a lot of the fantasy community 
is all about. And he's down there a bit today at 5,800. That's pretty good for a running back, especially one that could have a, a decent number for you. So to get him in that kind of position, I think that was huge. Yeah, I'm kind of curious about what's going to go on with Gibson. I don't think the end of his career is, is you know, I don't think the fat lady's singing to me, but I'm, I'm a little reluctant to trade for him in a dynasty. But at the same time, I want to see what he does. I, before we popped on today, I saw that it looks like Brian Robinson's coming. Best case scenario is, I think, week five. So he's going to get a four-week window to, to prove that he's still the guy there. Yeah. A couple of guys that caught my eye that I want your take on, Brian, because you're, you're a Steelers guy, is Fremuth looked like he was in a good position going against a, a a bad unit with Cincinnati because they were 27th last year. And then also Deontay Johnson, kind of like we talked about earlier, Mitch finds a guy, he might be the guy, and the, the the toughest competition that he might go up against is, is a bad cornerback in, in Cincinnati. So what are your takes on those two? I like both those guys. One thing I did notice when I was going through the DraftKings prices and everything is an opportunity right there between about 6,400 and 6,500. There's several wide receivers that are, that are right there. And Deontay, Deontay was one of them. Michael Pittman was another that comes to mind. There's a lot of good opportunities. And if you want to go really cheap in that same Pittsburgh game, don't forget about Pickens. I'm, I'm kind of curious. There's several wide receivers that are cheap this week. And wide rece- cheap wide receivers are kind of the pl- place to go. Nico Collins is right there. Chris Olave is right there at 4,600. So there's a lot of cheaper wide receivers. And I, I like both those guys in the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, if they get Deontay Johnson matched up against Eli Apple, I'm, I'm taking Deontay Johnson in that matchup all day. I have zero faith in Eli Apple. Yeah, you've heard of the big apple. Well, Eli Apple's not the big one, so. <laughs> I think Ooh. his mom's the big apple. She's the one who calls all the shots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who uh, who are we going? I know that you're spending a little bit of um, money at quarterback and, and with A.J. Brown. Where are we going bargain bin? Who, where are we going to save a little cash? I'm glad you brought that up. I think I've already kind of highlighted it a little bit. But I like Jameis Winston this week. He's at 5,300. But that was another stack. A couple of other stacks that I'm kind of looking at is um, de- definitely Winston. I like Olave, but you could, if you want to go, we were talking about Michael Thomas earlier, you could. But I'd rather go Olave a little bit cheaper. And the really inexpensive stack that I like, and you're not going cheap at quarterback, but I think Donald Parham's going to be out this afternoon. And somebody already brought up Josh Palmer. I think. Herbert and Palmer and or Herbert and Everett, Gerald Everett will, will be some good options. But my cheap play at quarterback is definitely Jameis Winston. I think Brandon Ayuk um, probably gives a lot of value there because people are, are really high on Debo. Debo might be in different roles today because of the rain and things like that. Ayuk has been one of the favorite targets of Trey Lance throughout camp. So Ayuk might be a sneaky play in there. He's he's not a very high price tag. You could also probably sneak in the Bears defense at some point in there too because the Bears defense will probably get you a sack or two. But in a low-scoring game, kind of like we talked about, where Soldier Field's going to be trash, it's going to be a game where it's going to end up being probably like 19 to, oh, I'm assuming the Bears are going to score six. So it's going to be something around that. They're not going to kill you. 
but for a lower price tag where you can save and, and actually get points at other positions, that might help you out. Chris, we know your teams don't score touchdowns. I know. Well, no. I always got one. They got the <laughs> one. And and you also got to think, at six, a bad, soggy fill, maybe they missed the extra point, and they do get a touchdown. You never can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. No, the only good player of the Bears is their kicker right now. So I'm anticipating him getting injured on the and- floor. And and he was kicking kicking in crappy Florida parks, getting ready to play at Bush there at Soldier Field. Oh, he's gonna play at Bush. No wonder he can't kick very well. DJ's in the wrong stadium. <laughs> I do want to throw out another cheap defense that uh, we were talking about inexpensive defenses. I really like Miami against New England. Um, the talk is New England's even talking about changing their offensive scheme this early in the season. So I think, excuse my French, I think it's kind of a shit show there so i think that uh i think miami would be a really good defense at 2600 we do have a a question in the comments here uh what are what are your thoughts on a stack of lamar jackson and mark andrews that's actually a really good stack i don't have the prices the prices of in front of me i know lamar jackson's pretty high in regards to his price tag and i'm pretty sure andrews is near the top so if that's a good stack it's just the question is where are you going to save elsewhere and a couple of places I like to say we were talking about inexpensive defenses, but there's several pretty good tight ends this week and and receiver. Um, you're really not going to save at running back this this week. Uh, I didn't like anything below five thousand unless you go with Mike Davis at forty four hundred. And that I don't know. We talked about Kenyon Drake a minute ago, but Mike Davis has been in camp the whole time. So if you wanted to take a dart throw on somebody, Mike Davis for the Ravens since Dobbins is out would be somebody. What do you? kind of doing today at, at tight end are you paying up for andrews or, or kelsey um or are you going down to like the cheaper options like hawkinson gasecki goddard oh i'm even going cheaper i mean i'll be honest with you i like everett I, we talked about cole Komet. you know i don't like the rainy game so I'm, i might stick away from him but his price tag is just ridiculous and i don't know that Komet's going to be huge but i think he's sitting at like 3400 so I'm going 3,800 or cheaper. 3,800 is Everett, and there's better options, equally good options elsewhere. So no, I rarely pay up. So I know yeah. we're going to talk about this on the other side of commercials, but uh, Chris Godwin is, is is scheduled to to suit up for the Buccaneers tonight. He is. Um, you know, if you're if you're playing a single game DFS game, it would be hard for me to rely on Godwin. Um, I think he'll be in a, a snap count, somewhat limited. You know, he, he was kind of borderline all week to play. So I just hope he doesn't get hurt or doesn't re-injure anything. Hunter Henry uh, is out at, at 3800 That's not a bad price tag for a guy, especially in a, a New England system where they love their tight ends. That's that's not a bad option. No, there's a lot of decent options at, at tight ends. So like I said, I rarely, if ever, pay up. I've, you got to save somewhere. And what do you think about Matt Ryan? Because he's got a, a 5500 price tag going against a, a Houston defense that was awful last year. What are you kind of thinking of that matchup? That's actually really good. Um, I did another. I do a couple other pods as well. And that was the Colts and the Saints were my, were my go-to teams this week, kind of out of the ordinary. And like I said, Michael Pittman's 6400 or less. So combined, they're $12,000 or less. So that's, that's a good combo you can go with. Is Ryan and Pittman. 
yeah, if uh, Jonathan Taylor gets all the yards between the 20s and then you have uh, Matty Ice putting it in for you, I, I think that can help you out. Oh, yeah. DJ's antsy so, asking you to break and be a host at some point here. Yeah, before before we head to the to the next segment, uh, we, we are going to have uh, Joe Winkle, quote-unquote, dropping in. Um, it's going to be kind of video silent for a couple minutes. Uh uh, we do have a comment here asking uh, feelings on. I know we talked about him uh, in in Tinder. Uh, Damian Pierce at forty eight hundred. Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty good value. Um, you know, just for touches touches alone, he he is somebody I I looked at at forty eight hundred. The, the price hasn't been corrected. He should be more like a fifty five hundred kind of guy. So you're definitely wor- worth value there if you wanted to go that route. When wait and see. We'll put him in that that cap. We're we're gonna put him in Tinder purgatory. I I was looking back at our our fond moments we had from the past and, and reminiscing to myself. I was gonna try to answer questions in the chat, but instead I got us talking, so I can do that at the break. All right. So what what we're gonna do here? Uh, we've got Joe Will, uh, dropping in here uh, again. He's just gonna be audio, so it's gonna be a little video silent for a couple minutes for those of you watching on. Uh, on Facebook touch. Um, we're going to try to improve this as we go on throughout the season. So we're not video silent uh, for this segment, uh, but uh, we're going to continue trying to fatten your wallets with some, uh, a couple of bets. Fantasy sake fans. It's your boy, Joe from the educated ignorance podcast here to bring you my best NFL bets for the weekend. These are the NFL bets from the Sinister Six podcast that was released on Friday morning with Mac Fulton. We are we got four bets here, three from the Sinister Six episode and one extra one that I am have been on for about a month. So let's start with my favorite bet of the NFL weekend, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars hitting the road to take on the Washington Commanders. You're catching two and a half here if you're the Jags. I think Jags plus two and a half is an absolute play here. I think the Jags absolutely can win this game. A lot of people are heavy on the Jaguars over this year. I think if you are a a person who believes that the Jags can hit the over or can be a sneaky playoff team, frisky as I would say, then this is absolutely the right play here. This is by far my favorite bet of the weekend. Also, I don't think the Commanders, this is going to be one of maybe five games this year that they get played as a favorite, and that's telling you something. I, don't, I think there's way too much hype on this Washington team, so I am full bore on the Jags and the points here. My second favorite bet, bet this weekend, and it's been something I've been on all year long, or ever since the lines came out about a month ago, it was at 6.5. You can get it all the way up to 7.5 places that I've seen, maybe even more by the time they kick on Sunday, but it is the Bears and the points at home week one against the Niners. Listen, I think the Niners are going to be good. I'm not just saying this as a Bears fan. Probably the Niners win, but the Bears are definitely going to be in this thing. Think of last year. I know it's different, but last year the Bears were inches away from beating the the, the Niners last season at home. That, that game was pretty much what started the Niners' run. That win saved their season. Think of that crazy 80-plus yard Debo Samuel touchdown run. That moment is what really helped propel the Niners to get kick-started in the final third of the year. Anywho, all that to say this, this Bears team at home 
and the points, I think, is a really good play. The thing that worries me is the fact that the Bears are going to struggle to block them up front, but I don't think it's going to be a parade to the quarterback like, say, last year against the Browns. I don't expect that to happen. What I expect to happen is on the other side. Are the Bears limited at you know high-level players on the defense? Yes, they really only have two of them. Eh, I wouldn't say that, actually. I would say they have probably three high-level guys right now. Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, and Jalen Johnson. They have some rookies that I really like. Kyler Gordon, to an extent, though I really love Jaquan Brisker. And we'll see over time how some of these other guys, you know, pan out. But this Bears defense, I expect Matt Eberflus to really do everything in their power to force Trey Lance to beat them throwing the football. I expect also them to do a lot of stuff pre-snap to confuse the ever-living you-know-what out of him. I think this is going to be a close game. It's going to be a dogfight. Bears plus 7.5 is an absolute layup given the circumstances. So give me the points. Also, this was moved late to three and a half. It was at three. This is Raiders Chargers in L.A. I'm taking Raiders plus three and a half, but if you can find it at three, absolutely take the Chargers. I think this is a game the Chargers can win at home. This is a big game for them that I would say they are going to take. It all depends on where you can get it. I took in the, in the podcast on Friday in the Sinister Six, Three and a half for the Raiders just because of you're catching the hook with a team that I still think is pretty good. That is very, uh, very appetizing. But if you can get it to Chargers at minus three, then you go ahead and take the Chargers and swallow the points. I just don't think you're going to be able to find many places like that because it has been going up. That is the way the line is trending. And then my favorite bet or game of this week, uh, not my favorite bet, but my favorite game of the week the game of the week, Packers-Vikings in Minnesota on Sunday afternoon in the second slate. Uh, Packers are minus one-and-a-half-point favorites. I have the Vikings not just covering, but I think the Vikings win here. You probably can get better odds if you just take the Vikings money line, but Vikings plus one-and-a-half, Vikings to win. I'm really high on Minnesota this year. I think they're it's an absolute addition by subtraction, getting rid of Mike Zimmer. He was a corpse last season. I think him being gone himself – is plus two or three wins. And that's not even with Ke- the, the new coach, Kevin O'Connell, uh, Connell coming over. I think it's going to reinvigorate their offense, even though I think it's already at a high clip. And I think they're going to be extremely efficient. I think big years are coming from Kirk Cousins, especially Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen, people are just forgetting that he's really good. And Dalvin Cook is, all, of course, one of the five best running backs in the NFL. Their offensive line is solid. They do have some deficiencies defensively, but... I think this is a huge game for them. I feel like a it's not must win because it's week one, but this is a moment where you cannot afford to slip up, especially if you're the Vikings, because it's just going to be a morale and momentum thing and a mental thing if you can't find a way to win this game. I think it's big. I think the Vikings are going to be excited. That crowd's going to be electric. Give me the Vikings. So our four bets here, we gave you an extra one here for free. The juice is worth the squeeze, folks. My favorite of the weekend, Jags plus two and a half on the road. Biking or Bears catching seven and a half at home against the Niners. Chargers, if you can get them at minus three, take it. If you uh, can only find three and a half, I think it's not worth it. Take the Raiders plus three and a half. And Vikings at home plus one and a half. Let's send it back to Deej and Doug and all the boys at FFS. Thank you, gentlemen, and enjoy your opening NFL Sunday.
All right. Thanks for that, Joe. Uh, Chris, I know before we get to uh, the the actives, inactives uh, for this week, I know often that you're going to toss a little money around um, or figuratively money entertainment purposes and uh, some lines. Is there any, any games that you uh, caught your eye that, that, that you were willing to toss some stuff at? Not really this week I, I think it's still early where there's still so many unknowns that it's hard to really figure out where to put your money and what feels like a safe bet i like joe's take that uh the bears are gonna hang around especially based off of what they did last year oh that game last year was brutal to watch and they should have definitely won it but dynamic playmakers make dynamic plays and debo samuel changed the game and they never caught up after that you might get a closer game than most anticipate. So Joe might be right in that regard because this game, nobody's seen this Bears team under Matt Eberflus. So with Matt Eberflus, you don't know what to expect. Maybe it hangs close just because they don't have tape on these guys yet and they don't know what's going to be happening. And just a little add-on on that, the weather always messes messes up a point a point spread too so that automatically makes the game a little bit more competitive i think well and it's a an offense that really needs a lot of timing and and it's very specialized too so yeah you could be right they could have some adjustments especially because it's week one and maybe a a player we haven't really talked about too much maybe mitchell goes off in this one all right so uh, the only game that I was kind of looking at as I was scrolling through this morning, it's a game that I, I would stay away from, but uh, only, you know, because cheering purposes. But, uh, yeah, the Chiefs are giving up six and a half to yeah. the Cardinals, and I think that game's going to be a lot closer than that. So um, if I wasn't – I'm not going to bet against my team, um, but if I was throwing money, I think the Chiefs end up winning. I would take Chiefs money line, but uh, Cardinals plus six and a half is, uh, is a tasty bet. What do you think about two of two plus touchdowns? I think that's a lot. I, I do think it's a lot, but I think it's I think it's one I'm willing to hammer. Okay. I I think he I think they're gonna let him loose. I think and then uh to what they're they they've got in the backfield as well as there's a lot of guys who can catch passes. A lot of guys who can move around. Uh, it's not foreign, obviously, for to think that Tyreek can bust a, a bust a big one where Tua throws it short and can he can go, you know, 65 yards and um, with Chase Edmonds and uh, Raheem Mostert back there as well, adding to Miles Gaskin. I think that uh, there's a lot of opportunity where he could throw a 10 yard pass and it goes, goes for, you know, 80 yard touchdown. Steelers Bengals at seven, I think. What are your thoughts on that, Brian? Well, I'm obviously biased. So I, so I would have to go, Take take the points, but that being said, they're playing in Cincinnati, where Pittsburgh just got got massacred last year. So we'll see. I mean, Bur- Burrow's had a, um, you know, dealing with the appendectomy and all that makes it interesting being his first game back and no preseason experience this this summer. So I don't know. Seven is a lot. So, but that's the game. Is I don't know, DJ. I think I think I'd like to think he and I are pretty much similar. You don't bet against your team. But I rarely bet on my team either. I just stay away. <laughs> I like to when when I'm betting on the Chiefs, I like to do the 
like a same game parlay where I bet on somebody to score as well. Um, or maybe, you know, I might jump in before the game starts and do like a Kelsey to score Connor to score and, you know, just do it that way where, um, if, if Zach Ertz was playing, this would be a hundred percent a game where Zach, Zach Ertz scored against the chiefs. Um, yeah, I've got Ertz in one of my leagues. I'm excited. The one yeah. pick I really liked on Joe was the Vikings. And the other one I'm liking is the saints over the Falcons minus five. So, so I'm not going to bore everybody with. He's not going to bore us, so he's not going to talk to us anymore. That's DJ's way. Apparently, yeah. I froze, okay? Calm down. You're back. You're good. Uh, in that Saints-Falcons game, both Drake London and Michael Thomas are active. Uh, Tyler Alligier, their, their rookie running back, uh, inactive. I'm not sure who their backup is without Alligier, um, but he is inactive. Uh, Joe Conklin for the Bears or for the Browns inactive. Everybody for the Bears is inactive. Obviously, we know uh, no no George Kittle uh, for Sam Fran. Um, and then I think the only other name that I saw that's really uh, fantasy relevant, uh, no J.K. Dobbins, but we talked about that. No J.K. Dobbins uh, for for the Ravens uh, today. Do we, do we get a listing as to why Algiers out? Is this a coach's decision type of thing? Because I think a lot of people now are worried after last year because people invested in Trey Sermon and Sermon vanished never to be seen again. All of a sudden um, you look at that, that Falcons backfield and you got Damian Williams, who's kind of been, uh, you know, Mr. Gap filler for a bunch of different teams, but Patterson had a really nice year. So maybe, Maybe there's something to worry about now. So uh, looks like Alagir, uh, it's just uh, just a coach's decision. Uh, Damien Williams, former chief and former bear, uh, is is that backup running back. So yeah, yeah, he's a good gap filler, and that's about all he is. He does everything well enough that that you can have him as a backup. But yeah, that's uh, that's worrisome. Williams does a lot of the same stuff that. Cordero Patterson does just not as well. Yeah, that's very true. But, that Algier news is really shocking to me because he'd been he'd been one of the pretty boys during during camp, and that's a sounds like a health a healthy scratch basically. So I'm a little bit surprised by that. You would think a coach would want to play with his new toy if you've got this <laughs> new toy, especially after the preseason. Absolutely. All right, we're gonna go to a short commercial break on the backside. The uh, backside. We are going to do listener questions and then uh, break us down with rapid fire. We're going to try to be quicker at rapid fire this year, um, not make it take a half an hour, even though it's 21 questions. So um, let's, let's, go, let's go to the break and then we'll be right back. In addition to bringing fire on the mic, the team at 4 Frequency Sake is still bringing it online as well. Check out 4FantasySakeQC.com this season for college DFS Survivor League, and betting advice each and every week of this football season. Again, that is for QC.com for College DFS, Survivor League, and betting advice each week during the football season. This episode is brought to you by Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill in Moline and Davenport. Chase away your Sunday scaries at Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill 
this season. Located in the Belgium neighborhood of 7th Street and Moline, Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill is home to some of the Quad City's best food and drink specials. On Sunday, there's no better place to be. Clint's is serving up 75-cent wings and $4 Bloody Marys all day. And is your favorite team playing in those out-of-market games? Well, you'll never miss a second of the action on one of their 10 screens with NFL Sunday Ticket. And after you've had your wing and bloody fix, finish off your football watching experience with one of their famous Quad City style pot pizzas. And folks, they know pizza. They've been spinning QC style pies for the last 22 years. So make Clint's part of your Sunday football routine. Clint's Draft House Pizza and Grill, 7th Street in Moline. And also, Clint is now serving up their famous pizza and fried chicken on the Iowa side of the river as well. Clint's Pizza House and Chicken opens up daily at 4 p.m. so everyone in the Quad Cities can enjoy their QC-style pizza and Henny Penny fried chicken. That's Clint Pizza House and Chicken, 7th Street Moline, and 1601 West 3rd Street in Davenport. All right. Thank you, Joe. Uh, I definitely like not reading those ads, um, especially why Chris makes fun faces at me uh, while trying, trying to read those ads. Huh? You ruined the whole segment. I know. Um, I also want to, I know we, we, we got that ad in um, for Brian's show, which should be starting uh, this Friday. They had some technical difficulties uh, with, with getting started for week one, but we're hoping to have, uh, we're thinking that we're going to have them the rest of the season. Also want to give a shout out to uh, John and Dennis who head up the data lab. Um, Nick and Michael are supposed to be back on Thursday um, with a, instead of Monday night hammer, we're going to do a Thursday night wrench or a Thursday afternoon wrench. Uh, uh, Michael's got classes and a full-time job now. So that ran into things. Uh, obviously Joe um, with the educated ignorance podcast and uh, tomorrow morning dropping will be the newest episode of card subject to chain. It's a wrestling podcast starring Chris and Nick, not this Chris, another Chris. How many Chris's you got here, DJ? Uh, you know, you can never have too many. It's like it's like DJ Moore, lots of Chris. And now uh, to to pay the bills, we're going to talk about the listener questions. We've already uh, played our ads, so uh, you know, listeners is what keeps us on the show every week. So, um, as mentioned, the data, data labs, Dennis Michelson, he wanted to pick one for his second flex. In the For Fantasy Sake Staff League, he wants to know Brees Hall, Julio Jones, Jacoby Myers, David Bell, or George Pickens. Julio Jones for me. Jacoby Myers. I'll go Julio. Cousin Bo. He's nobody's cousin on the show anymore, but uh, he was he, he, he's Nate's cousin, uh, one of the founders. Still Cousin Bo. He wants to start two. Nick Chubb, Travis Etienne. Leonard Fournette, Antonio Gibson, Damian Harris, or Javante Williams? Nick Chubb, Javante Williams for me. I got to go with Brian. That makes too much sense. I will uh, make that anonymous. Uh, non- <laughs> unanimous. That's what I said. Uh, uh, Non-PPR. Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk, Michael Pittman, or Debo Samuel? I think that's pick two. Michael Pittman and Deontay Johnson for pick two. 
even with the bad conditions, I'll go with Debo and Deontay. I'm gonna I'm going to second Debo and Deontay. And pick one: Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, or Jacoby Brissett. Gotta go with Kirk Cousins in a shootout. I like Baker in the revenge game. I think that he's at his best when he's pissed off, and he's pissed off this week. I was going to say Lance until it started having a tsunami in Chicago, um, and I'm no cousins. John Rosas wants to know Trey Lance or Ryan Tannehill? Trey Lance with the running game. I'm going to go with Tannehill. He's just too, he's just too consistent. And then uh, a stack of questions from Jordan Rangel. He's got 12 questions here. Um, that's actually only a third of his 36 leagues. So, uh, well, Rashad Bateman, Hunter Renfro, or Brandon Ayuk? Rashad Bateman is the only show in town. I like Rashad Bateman. I looked at the rest of the wide receivers on that team, and I don't see any reason why he doesn't get 10 catches a week. Jordan, you should go Rashad Bateman, but I, I, I'm going to say Hunter Renfro here. White guy. Uh, Hollywood Brown or Rashad Bateman? Hollywood Brown with the in, with the injuries to Rondell Moore. Uh, I'll stick with Bateman. I'm going to say Hollywood Brown. Even I can't tell you anybody who plays corner for the Chiefs. <laughs> Irv Smith or Albert O? Albert. Irv, Irv Smith. He's finally healthy. I'll go Irv Smith as well. Pick two, Deontay, Waddle, Chris Godwin, Adam Thielen, or Elijah Mitchell? The first two. I'll throw it in the mix. I'll go Thielen and Mitchell. I'll go Deontay and Waddle. Drake London, Brees Hall, or Sammy Watkins? Drake London, even though Sammy Watkins loves week one. (laughs) Uh, London, yeah. I'm going to say week one Watkins. As his, it says flex league. I'm assuming this might be the Toys for Tots league where we have three flexes. Uh, Zach Ertz or Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders. Miles by a mile. Did you see that he liked the tweet about how he was going to get no touchdowns in week one? I did. That's fantastic. I'm going to say Zach Ertz. The Chiefs are terrible against tight end. Uh, Kareem Hunt or Damon Pierce? Pierce, just because he's the only show in town there, too. I'll go with Hunt. I'm going to super like Damon Pierce here, okay? Super like. Wow. <laughs> super. Swipe right, for sure. <laughs> Swipe right. I, 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 we all learned something today. There's that, there's that Twitter video where somebody puts a hot dog on a spinning wheel that just keeps passing everything right. That's what I'm doing, Damon Pierce, today. <laughs> We got we got Nick Chubb, Antonio Gibson, or Rashad Bateman in the flex. Nick Chubb. Yeah, that's uh, super like that. Agreed, Chubb. Rashad Bateman or DK Metcalf? Rashad Bateman. Who's going to throw to DK? Brian already said it. Who's going to throw to that dude? It's Bateman. <laughs> I'm happy to say we made it an hour and 23 minutes into the show before Chris broke me. So <laughs> that's DJ, that's right. Oh, uh, AJ Dillon or Rashad Penny? I'm going to ride Dillon the rest of the year. Brian's on it, Dillon. 
I want to say Penny because there's nobody else there right now. <laughs> uh, Brandon Ayuk or Jacoby Myers? Ayuk by a mile. I like I like Myers. I like Myers just because of the conditions in Chicago. I'm just I I, I think I overreact about weather, um, but Chicago sucks. So um, and then Godwin or Bateman? Bateman. We don't know what's going on with Godwin really. Yeah, he could be a decoy, so I'm I'm good with that. All right, and to the rapid fire we go. Chris has already alluded to how he feels about this, but who's going to have the best revenge game? Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, or Joe Flacco? Definitely Flacco. (laughs) (laughs) No, Baker. I got to go with Baker. Russell Wilson's out there high-fiving ghosts, so I don't know what's going on there. I'm going to go Baker as well. Justin Fields over or under 20, 200, wow, 20, over or under 201 and a half passing yards. Against under. I, I, yeah, I'm probably with Brian on this. If, what about over under DJ 20 rushing yards? You think he's going to have more than 20 rushing yards? Yeah. yeah. Justin Fields or me? Justin Fields. Oh, uh, Justin Fields for sure. Yeah. You're you're a super like for 20 yards, DJ. You can do that. <laughs> Alvin Kamara over or under 30 and a half receiving yards against Atlanta. Over. Yeah, I'm good with the over on that. Baker over or under 219 and a half passing yards. Over. Yeah, let's hit the over. I agree. Mitch Trubisky over or under 225 and a half passing yards versus Un- Cincinnati. Under, though, it's tough to say. I'll go over. I think Mitch can ball out when teams don't have film on him for a while. I'll go I'll go over. Um, the, the top scoring week one running back, obviously not named Josh Allen, because I don't think anybody else goes 40. Austin Eckler. No, quarterback. Uh, you said running back, DJ. You're throwing us uh, off now. Sorry, quarterback. All right. Lamar Jackson. Oh, Brian stole my guy. Uh, let's go with uh, let's go with Aaron Rodgers and his horrible hair. No matter what he changes it to, it's a bad look. I had Lamar number one in my rankings, but since Brian took him, I'm going to go reverse curse and go Kyle Murray. AJ Brown over under sixty six and a half receiving yards versus Detroit. Over a hundred. Yeah, yeah, I think he gets over. Over. Jonathan Taylor over under 95 and a half rushing yards versus Houston. Over. Texans defense sucks. Yeah, I'm still on the over. Houston could be a decent defense next year. They just need to grow up. That's such a massive line, but still. Damon Harris over under 48 and a half rushing yards versus Miami. Under. Under. I think Brian hit on some good points earlier about how they think are going to struggle a little bit this year. I super like this guy. Evan Ingram over under 40 and a, 45 and a half receiving yards versus Washington. I'll always go the under with Evan Ingram. I'll go over. I like that landing spot for him. Yeah, new place. Coach that loves to use the tight end. I, I think that uh, we could be set up for a nice Ingram week or year. Uh, top scoring week one running back. You've got Eckler. Who you got, Chris? Uh 
I'm going to go with Dalvin. He's not beat up yet. It's got to be Cam Akers, right? No, no Christian, McCaff- Christian McCaffrey for me. I, uh, Brees Hall over under 35 and a half rushing yards in his debut. Surely over. I'm going to go under just because it's the Jets and they're going to be weird. If Brees Hall tops 35 rushing yards today, he will have more yards than the Hawkeye offense yesterday. That's not a high mark by any means. (laughs) Snicker, that's that's low. Travis Kelsey over under 77 and a half receiving yards versus the Cardinals. Over. The guy who wandered onto the LSU field last night, he gained more yards than the Iowa offense. (laughs) Whatever the question was, I'll go with over. Brian said over, I'll go over. (laughs) Over for me as well. Devontae Adams over under 79 and a half receiving yards versus the Chargers. I'm going to go under. They're going to double team him most of the game. Ah, I like the over. Devontae's probably got something to prove here. I think he'll score, but I don't think he uh, tops 80. Uh, top top scoring week one wide receiver. Deontay Johnson. Ooh, I like it. Let's go with Justin Jefferson. I, we talked about this could be a boat race. Let's go for it. I'll go Jamar Chase. Who's that? Dalvin Cook over under 69 and a half rushing yards. Over. I got to take over because I already said he's going to be the top running. (laughs) (laughs) Saquon Barkley over or under 54 and a half rushing yards. I'll go over here too. I got to see it first. I'm going to go under. The only guy in the NFL older than Doug Green. Tom Brady over or under 273 and a half passing yards. That's high. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under too. I don't understand this screw you like Ian Rappaport season, but I, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> and over under 24 and a half receiving yards in a revenge game for Noah Fant against the Broncos. Somebody's got to catch something. Why not over? Yeah, I'll go over. He's got too much talent. And top scoring week one tight end. Not George Kittle. Let's go Travis with Mark Andrews. I'll go Travis Kelsey. I'll go I'll go Waller. I have Kelsey as my number one tight end this week, but Waller just we'll got all the money. We'll go Waller. There you and go. And the final question to wrap up week one of for fantasy sake. Who will be holding the Lombardi trophy at the end of the year? Which team wins the Super Bowl? Ravens. The Los Angeles San Diego Superchargers. Gross. That's actually a great pick. <laughs> and I'm going to make the AFC unanimous here because I'm going to go the Chiefs. Oh, big surprise pick from DJ. Oh. <laughs> I think the Chiefs will win. You know, sometimes you pick with your heart, not with your brain, okay? <laughs> DJ can't pick with his brain. We already know this. Wow. Whoa. All right, boys. It's been fun today. I want to thank Clinch Draft House Pizza and Grill and the Corner Tap for uh, for sponsoring us this year, bringing us on uh, on your computer, phone, TV, wherever you have a screen every week. 
Uh, I hope you have a fruitful season, except for the people who play in leagues with me. Uh, I hope you lose every week to me. Um, even if you don't play me, I hope you lose to me this every week. Um, you know, so uh, good luck this week. I know Brian's got a good thing to say, and then we'll 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 take out here. Yeah, good luck to everybody this week. We're excited about DFS deep dive next Friday night. I think my boys are ready. So, all right, we'll see everybody next week. For Chris, for Brian, I'm DJ. We're out. That's right. <laughs>